This is Alicia, and welcome to the College Life Podcast. I am super passionate about education, personal development, growth, and bringing out the best in every college student. This podcast will help motivate you, empower you, and bring you clarity and confidence in who you are, in your purpose, and help you take action toward a life you love. Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. What's up and welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here and today I have a new friend that I met over the internet, which is so cool to say. And her name is Amber Kiera. She shares her story, her college journey and her perspective on life and the world um, is just, she's just amazing. And I cannot wait for you to hear her story. I also have an announcement for a free webinar that I will be co-hosting with the Life Design Institute. I will link their stuff in the show notes, but this is actually a really good friend of mine. He is um, working on getting purpose work out there for really people in transition. And this particular webinar is going to be geared towards you, towards um, college students. And so I would love for you to join it. It is going to be about taking a gap semester, a gap year, but we're going to actually call it a growth year. And that doesn't mean that you have to completely leave college. That actually means maybe you're just taking two classes, but you're being really intentional about how to use this time as a growth opportunity instead of just trying to get through the semester. So I am really excited to share that with you. Please make sure that you join the Facebook community at Make College Yours, um, or you can also join the email list, which I will also link in the show notes as well. And you will be the first to hear to get all the details. It is a free webinar and um, I can send you all the information. So please make sure that you are on the email list or in that Facebook group if you want to be on that webinar. I would love to have you. And let's go ahead and jump right into the show. Welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here. And today I have with me Amber Kiera, and she works to transform leaders into bold world changers through speaking and one-on-one coaching. And I can't wait for you to hear her story and just her energy and her passion. I actually uh, met, I use quotes, um, I met Amber online uh, I watched her speak um, about um, a really amazing topic and just really how to be bold. And um, yeah, I just like jotted down some notes and really aligned with um, her message and also just what she's working towards around um, transforming leaders. I think I really identify with that. So I'm super excited to, to have you on, Amber. So thank you so much for joining me today. Alicia, thank you so much for having me. I just, I love your energy and the passion and commitment. Um, and the consistency that you have uh, just put into this podcast, it, it speaks a lot to me um, about what you're committed to. And I hope everyone can just feel that energy through this podcast. And I'm super pumped to be here. Yeah, great. Yay. Thank you so much. And yeah, we're so excited to learn from you. So let's dive right into your experience in college. And I think first, what would be helpful is tell us a little bit about how you even just chose your college and what that process was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to give you guys just a quick background just so you kind of know where I'm coming from. Uh, So well, right now I'm 28 and I live in San Francisco. I actually 
moved to San Francisco from Colorado, actually, which I know that's where you're, you are right now. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was in Colorado Springs for a while, um, but originally from Louisiana. Um, and so what's interesting about my story is that I lost 90% of my visual field throughout childhood. And so I'm legally blind and visually impaired. And through that experience, I've learned how to navigate a lot of really challenging and uncomfortable uh, situations and circumstances. And um, yeah, it's just, it really has just been an incredible journey, especially over the last 10 years of undergrad, grad school, and then stepping into my um, professional life and, you know, getting to experience these new adventures of starting a speaking and coaching career and all that comes with navigating that and building my own website as a blind person. <laughs> And like oh all gosh. these other ways, you know, that you have to really compete out there, um, but having to do that with a, a lot of adversity. Um, so I love to just share that with people. And so when I was thinking about what college to attend, I originally wanted to go far away. Um, I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I wanted to go to a school in Maryland called Loyola, which I actually got into because I wanted to be really close to my best friend at the time. And she lived in Baltimore. And I was like, let's just both go to school in Maryland so we can be close to each other. And we're going to have this life that we've been dreaming of. <laughs> but it was like super expensive to go to Loyola. Um, and actually what I ended up majoring in um, for undergrad, I don't even think they offered that there. So <laughs> I didn't pick my school based on my major. Obviously, I didn't even know what I wanted to major in. I just wanted to be my best friend. <laughs> yeah, but that is, that is so common. And so many of us are trying to figure out like, what do you prioritize? Do you prioritize the school that you want to go to or the major, but then you're likely to change your major over time. We also have no clue what we're doing, right. And what's yeah. offered and what's option, what the options are. Uh, that's awesome. And I, I think so many students also identify with your story with like the financial piece. It's like, you have this kind of dream, like I'm going to do this. And then you're like, Oh, just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> just kidding. That's a lot of zeros. <laughs> yeah, so that was definitely the case for me. And because I'm visually impaired, I don't drive. And so I wanted to live in a city where I could easily get around with, you know, and just explore and have fun without having to, you know, be without being able to drive. So, you know, Baltimore was an easy place for me to navigate because I spent several summers there with my best friend. And I was like, this is doable. Let's do this. But what ended up happening um, was I ended up going to a school in North Louisiana called Louisiana Tech, which was actually so amazing because one, I went there for basically free. I actually got like money back <laughs> after I got put in all my scholarships. So I kind of got paid to go to college, which was amazing. You know, so if you are, if I'm talking to any triple minorities out there, or if you have any, you know, anything that makes you different or unique, um, any form of adversity, I would encourage you to find organizations that support that um, to help you with your college experience. And that's exactly what I did. And I can speak on that a little bit later, because um, I think that'd be helpful. So I got paid to go to college and the college campus was really like, small and easy for me to navigate and so I'm like in this place and I can get from my dorm to like you know the student union to all my classes like so easily without having to 
worry about taking a bus or taking a train to my class or like all these other obstacles that I would have faced going to college in a like a huge city. Um, I just didn't have there. It was very quiet and quaint and very, very easy for me to navigate. It was not overwhelming at all. And so that ended up being just a wonderful experience because as a person with a disability, I got to explore that space with ease. And then I also got to explore my college life. So when there was an event happening at, you know, a specific building on campus, I knew that I could get there independently without having to, you know, say, you know what, I'm not going to go to that event because I just don't think I'll be able to find a building by myself or, you know, I won't be able to navigate back to my dorm. I was like, yeah, of course I'll go to that event, you know, without having to think twice about, you know, any limitations or circumstances, I was really able to thrive in that setting and um, have a great experience. Oh, I love that. What was it like when you first got on campus? What was that feeling like? At first I was like, oh man, how am I going to do this? <laughs> I was like, how am I going to navigate this campus? Like, I'm like, here with mom and I know she's going to leave soon. So I'm like, how do I, how do I manage this? And so one thing that we did was we got my class schedule and we looked at where all the different classes were going to be for the fall. Um, we did quarters, not semesters, um, for the fall quarter. And then we just practiced going from my dorm to that class or from one class to the next, going to, you know, like where the cafeteria was. And it just took some practice. Um, and by then I felt like super comfortable and I was like, all right, I think I'm going to do this. And just having that, you know, being able to practice that and just having that freedom and that space and independence from that allowed me to like get super pumped and like excited about like the first day of classes or the first week of, you know, of college. So it was good to have to have that practice. And also I had a, a friend there, you know, and so just we supported each other through that, you know, first year of college experience, which was like, really the foundation to, to the rest of my time. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I'm curious because I, I working at a few different colleges now, I think that um, student support services on campus can vary drastically as far as how much support they give and yeah. how student friendly they are. I know that when I worked for students and they were starting college, um, if they were, um, if they needed to register with like disability services, they had no clue about that process and it was so hard for them to navigate. I'm curious, like what was your experience like with that? And then just getting connected to student support services on campus. Well, I feel so blessed to have kind of like a, a jumpstart on that and mentors and people to advise me in this. So, you know, when I was filling out my college application and I got accepted and now I'm like, filling out my housing stuff or like picking my classes or getting my books in that same time period. I, you know, got all the things I needed to get done to get registered with the student support services or the disability support services. And so I'm grateful to have had that on my radar because once classes start, you know, you have no time to, to go and try and find a place, try and get registered. And then, 
you know, you've got to get a doctor to sign this. And then if you haven't been to the doctor in a certain amount of time, you know, and so next thing you know, you're halfway through the semester and you haven't been supported. So I'm, I, I feel grateful to have had that on my radar. Hey, let's get it set up now. So that way when the semester starts rolling, um, we can, we can ease into things and not, not be left unsupported. So my biggest recommendation to people is get started right away. If you know you're going to that school, or even if that school is on your radar, check out the Student Support Services homepage on the website and find out what the requirements are, what paperwork you need, and just have all that ready because nine times out of 10, no matter what school you're going to go to, those requirements are going to be pretty much the same. And so having all that paperwork ready to roll is going to put you in a in a really, really good position for success. And that way, and even just giving them a call and saying, hey, I think I might be attending this college or this university. Um, this is the disability or the condition that I have. Um, what's, what, what are some things that you guys offer? And how do I get started with that? And even just finding out what they offer or vocalizing what it is that you need um, is gonna be a, a huge, huge game changer in, in your starting position. Yeah, I want to build off of this, like <clears throat> being able to vocalize like what you offer or figure out what they offer, but then also vocalize what you need. This kind of goes into before we started recording, we were talking about kind of putting it out there, what you need from people from the world. And I love that that was just like such a small moment. Um, and, uh, to me, that stood out like um, from your story is that you were able to articulate that. And um, <clears throat> I think that's not always easy for students to do, you know, or even humans for us to do outside of college um, is to, to do that. Um, so I think that that's amazing that you're able to do that. Yeah, and it's, you know, really it comes down to being able to advocate for yourself and whether you're a student with a disability or not, mm -hmm. um, you're a human being. And so you have mm -hmm. every right and, um, to be able to advocate what your needs are, whether it's in the context of a student-teacher relationship or a personal relationship. Being able to advocate um, your needs is super, super important. And the best way to learn that, honestly, is practice. So I wasn't always really great at advocating <laughs> what I needed to teachers, you know, especially like in middle school or high school when I was the only person in the class with a disability and I had to say, I could, you know, could you write with a darker marker or could you speak out loud when you're writing on the board or, you know, all these little things where it almost felt like super uncomfortable and embarrassing, um, which really in the grand scheme of things, it was like nothing. You're like, of course, yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> Um, but at the time for me to have raise my hand and have the courage to ask or wait after class and talk to a teacher and have the courage to vocalize my, my needs, it felt like a lot at the time, but looking back on it, I can see how that was preparing me for a future where I could have success and easily vocalize my needs to others, which is how I ended up on this podcast was I said, Hey, I love sharing my truth and my wisdom with people and I love to inspire and encourage. Does anyone know of a podcast that I could, where I could do that? Um, and so really practicing vocalizing your needs and advocating for yourself is the best way to grow in that. And I promise your college experience is going to be a thousand times more amazing 
um, if you if you start practicing that now, even with roommates, you know, saying, hey, you know, I, you know, this is one thing that bothers me. These are my needs. Like being able to vocalize that is just so, so powerful. And one quote that I love is, anything is possible with communication. Anything is possible with communication. So definitely practice that. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I think the two words that stood out to me the most were courage and practice. And I think a lot of times we grow up thinking, I don't have courage or I don't have this quality that I maybe either aspire to have or um, inspire to be. And I think courage for me really resonates with me because I don't feel like I'm courageous most of the time, but it is practice. It is practice over and over of just stepping outside of your comfort zone in very small ways. Um, but ultimately over time will help you build that muscle and it is a muscle that you can build. So that is exciting. And it's also scary because you have to kind of put in the work to practice that. Yeah. Just like, you know, people, someone who's never been to the gym before and they decide they want to get fit. Well, it's going to take courage to start that, but it also takes um, practice and continuing to showing up just like you've continued to show up with this podcast for, did you say three years? Yeah, this is my third yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That took courage to start it. And then it took commitment and consistency to continue that. And so really, I think all those things, it's like a Venn diagram. They all like work off of each other, but when it comes to practicing something, it takes courage to start it and just the commitment to, to carry it through in anything in life. Yeah, yeah, oh, love that. Um, so I wanna dive into how you picked your college major because uh, so many students across the world, this is the one question that they have, is what could I do with my life? What should I do with my life? What are, what's possible? Um, what options have I seen? I just interviewed a student for the podcast uh, last week and, you know, she grew up thinking, you know, these three to five majors were her options or these three to five careers based on her like cultural background and influence. And she was totally like kind of blown away when she saw what other options there were. Um, so, so many students struggle with this. And so um, what was your story like in picking a major and, and that, and your interests? Absolutely. So at the time, well, still now, <laughs> I've always, I've always, um, even when I was in high school, been into health and nutrition and why some foods were like made you feel better than others and how food could be used as medicine to nourish people and just love the way good foods made me feel. And so I didn't base it off of what would make, I didn't even perceive or have the thought about making money. Like I just wanted to learn something that I really loved. <laughs> um, I didn't even like think that thought until like, I don't know, probably like recently people are like, oh yeah, I majored in engineering because engineers can make a lot of money. I've never thought that. And like, I just was like, oh, that's dumb. You don't even like math. Why are you taking engineering classes? <laughs> you know, like, and then three weeks later they're changing their majors. Like all the engineer, you know, all the freshmen are like, yeah, engineering, engineering, engineering. And then by like the second semester of freshman year, there's only like a quarter of them still in engineering. And it's like, would, what, why did you do that? Um, I'd never, I'd never been 
in that group to do things because of money or because it sounded good when you told your parents or it sounded good when you were, you know, in a group of friends. People go, oh, engineering, that's awesome. You must be smart. Or, you know, people have these preconceived notions about labels and majors. And I've got friends who did. They majored in engineering and they even graduated. And there's several of them that aren't even in it. They're not even doing engineering because they don't even love it. They hate it. <laughs> um, but thousands and thousands of dollars and four years later, um, they, they did something that was hard and stressful that they thought was the right thing to do based on other people's opinions and their own preconceived notions. So I, I wasn't in that camp. I just really love food and health. So I majored in nutrition. And you know what? I'm not even a nutritionist, but I still love food and health. And um, I actually work as a, right now, um, my full-time job is I'm a program manager um, at a nonprofit where I get to plan like fun health and wellness events for blind people like in California, which is like a dream job because it puts together all of my skills of loving exercise and nutrition. And also I have a heart to serve other people with the same disability as me. So you just, you never know where you're going to end up. And now I'm pursuing a full-time speaking and coaching career, which literally has nothing to do with nutrition, but I can see how all of the skills I've learned through that program um, have come in handy. For example, I got my master's in health education, health promotion. And in that, we learned how to you know, coach people one-on-one. -on -one. We learned a lot about behavior change. Um, we learned a lot about program design and development. So as I'm thinking through that and developing my own plan for my speaking and coaching career, I'm like, oh, I already, <clears throat> I already know how to do this. I already know how to coach people. I already know how to come up with a program plan and design it based on a needs assessment because that's really what coaching is. Um, so even though like my, my dream life has really not anything to do with nutrition or health promotion, um, I can see how the skills that I've learned in those programs have helped me to develop the skills I have now as a professional speaker and coach. So I, I, my biggest takeaway from, from all of that was just to always follow the calling on your heart and to do what you love and screw what anyone else thinks. Um, don't worry about it. And life is going to, life is going to play out how it'll play out. But if you live a purpose first life, um, you can make magical things happen. Like, Seriously, you can make some amazing things happen. I know people who majored in, in art who have more money than my engineering friends. And it's not because they, of any, it's not because like people are like, oh, you're majoring in art, you're not going to make any money. And some of my engineering friends are like struggling their butts off. <laughs> and meanwhile, my art friends who's, because they've been doing art for the last 20 years and they love it and it fuels their fire and they're passionate about it. And, you know, People pay for passion, but if you've got, if you don't have any of that, um, you're going to be down a long, hard road and it's, it's not going to be easy. Um, so I just, I would encourage people to do what you love, follow your heart and the, the rest will, the rest will work itself out. Yeah. I think it's so hard for students to hear that though. And like, trust the process. They, there's oh, yeah. like so much, I think, anxiety in our world right now. I mean, given the current situation with the coronavirus, but then also just in general, this pressure. 
Um, and so I love that you were able to, it, it seemed like based on your story is that you kind of let the process unfold. And I love that. That's just so beautiful. I think that, that it just feels so beautiful. And my, like from my perspective, um, and then too, I think it sounds like to me, you also followed your curiosity. You wanted to learn about nutrition. So that's what you majored in. And it's almost like this personal development. It's, it's like, can you, we use our degrees for personal development instead of this checkbox to get to this next step? You know, I don't think that we look at it that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great perspective to use it as, um, personal development. I've developed myself in that. And I still, my, all of my roommates and friends were like, yeah, she's the healthiest person that we know. They come to me with all their health and nutrition questions. And I love that I get to answer them. Um, but yeah, it was, I've developed myself and now I don't have issues with wondering, you know, what do I eat or how do I nourish myself or is this a good food or and all those things that people spend time and money wondering, I don't have to worry about that because I followed my curiosity, which um, has been really, really helpful, but also trusting the process. Like even me as a, you know, relatively new speaker and coach, I've got friends who are like, yeah, I'm making six figures off of my coaching business right now. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. How are you doing that? Like, <laughs> yep, I totally um, feel you. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, I, you know, my speaker fee is, you know, $15,000 for every stage I get on. And I'm like, that sounds crazy, you know, <laughs> but even just like trusting the process, like I didn't think that I would ever be like guest, guest, you know, appearing on people's podcasts, but that's just been a part of the process. And I'm so honored to, to be here and to be sharing with people. And this wasn't even on my radar when I signed up to do the nutrition and dietetics major. So, um, you know, another thing too, is that if you took a survey of most adults, successful adults around you, most of them are not doing anything related to their major. <laughs> um, that's one thing that I've noticed. So, um, you know, I just want to encourage people to take that weightiness off, that pressure. It, it does matter to a certain degree, but in the grand scheme of things, if you take a step back and look at your life at a bird's eye view, which is very hard to do um, when you're 18, <laughs> um, it, it kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so just follow your curiosity, which is such a great phrase. I love that. And um, it, trust the process. Definitely trust the process. Mm, I love that. Um, so one thing that you talked about is you transitioning into speaking and you felt a little bit more confident with the coaching because you had had formal training through your master's program and you really studied behavior change. I think one of the biggest fears that I see with students is speaking. And I'm curious, how did you develop that confidence and, or the skills to do that, to be on stages and yeah, how do you how do how do students even start this process? Well, I think for me speaking, it's just um, I I, don't, I wouldn't say I've developed like the confidence to do it, but it's just always been something I love. I've always loved the camera. I've always loved acting. I've always loved theater. <laughs> so speaking in front of people is just something that I've always loved. Now the courage to step out and do that 
in the professional realm is something totally different. Um, but when it comes to speaking, just like anything else that we talked about, practice is like the absolute best thing. So if you have a career, like, I don't know what, I live in like tech valley. So like I live in San Francisco where everyone works for Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Salesforce. So they're all like tech engineering people. But, um, you know, a lot of my engineer friends, they go to Toastmasters, which is an international speaking club that you can literally find anywhere. And so I'm in Toastmasters too, but everyone else in it is like a tech person or a software engineer. <laughs> and I'm like the one professional speaker. But they do that so that when it's time for them to present for their team, when it's time for them to give a presentation at a tech conference or even just a presentation in front of their 30-person team, they can do that with confidence. And it's because they made, the, they took that courageous step and they, they, through commitment and consistency, they are practicing. So it's all about practice. So whatever avenue that takes, you don't even need to do that. Like, you can go live on Instagram once a week for 10 minutes, and that's your avenue to practice. Um, you could start a podcast and use that for your avenue to practice. Whatever the case may be, um, finding a structure and an outlet to practice the skill that you want to get better at is the key. So um, the courage to start it and the commitment and consistency to follow it through. Yes, yes, I love that so much. Um, and then one other question that I had um, for sure that I wanted to talk about is um, because your work is around transforming leaders into bold changers, like bold world changers, I want to know what does that even mean to you? Um, what makes you so passionate about that? Well, what, what gets me so excited about that is that when people are showing up in life as a bold world changer, they're showing up in a way that is going to impact the world. So I'm not interested in coaching people that just want to make six figures this year. Um, if that happens for them or when that happens for them, that's stellar. I'm not interested in coaching people who just want to change their life so that they can have a big house and go on vacation. Like that happens super great. I'm interested in coaching people who want to change the world. Um, and all the world changers I know are not struggling with, with paying their bills at all. Um, so, so the, the income happens and the lifestyle and all that is just a part of that. But when people are committed to living a purpose first life and they're committed to stewarding their movement, that's going to make a huge impact on the world. Like that is what really gets me excited. Like some bold world changes that have made a difference for me in my life. Um, I love the Madam CJ Walker story um, because she was the first self-made millionaire or billionaire, I can't even remember, um, you know, in the United States, despite the adversity that she had to face. Like she was the daughter of slaves and she was the first self-made millionaire, not even first, you know, black self-made woman millionaire, but the first woman self-made. So um, I'm like, gosh, if she could do that, certainly I could get on a couple stages a month in front of thousands, hundreds and thousands of people and share my truth for an hour, <laughs> you know, in this day and age, like that was in like, what, like 19, 1930 or something. <laughs> um, 
So what gets me really excited is just about people that want to change the world and want to impact, um, just impact things for the better. Like whoever, like I'm blind, so I use a cane to get around and a seeing eye dog. Like whoever thought it would be cool to open a seeing eye dog school um, in, I think it was, it was 1929. Like that's a bold world changer. They wanted to use their gifts and their skills to make sure that blind people all over the world could navigate with ease for years and years to come. And here it is, it's 2020 and I'm using a seeing eye dog to navigate my awesome life in San Francisco because that one person made it up in their mind that they wanted to use their gifts to change the world by making sure blind people everywhere had a mode of independence. So, it's like one small little dream that you have could literally change the face of the entire planet. And those are the people that I'm interested in, in working with because in those, it's, it's everyone. It's not select people. Everyone on this entire planet, no matter poor or homeless or super rich or what background you come from or whether or not you have a college degree, we all have special gifts that we have to contribute to this world and everyone has something you know to contribute and so really what's cool about my coaching career is that i could conceivably like everyone <laughs> is my niche audience because everyone has something to share now i do believe in soul clients but um it just gets me really excited to be able to walk alongside someone um to help them reach those goals that are going to change our world now and then keep changing our world when all of us are dead and gone. Like that gets me so pumped up. Oh my gosh, me too. I knew we were supposed to connect because <laughs> seriously, we are so aligned. And, um, yeah. I think my favorite student to work with is a student who knows that they want to help people quote unquote, or yeah. make a difference, but they, they don't really know what that means. They don't know who they want to help. They don't know exactly how they want to do it. Like they're not really sure that they like love nutrition or that they love, um, you know, sports or that they love, uh, engineer, like, or creating things that they're not really sure. Or I think a lot of times they are sure, but they're afraid to articulate it. And to me, mm -hmm. Those are, those are students that are so much, they're so fun to work with because they, they yeah. know that they want to make a difference, but they're still trying to figure out how. And I think the other piece to this is that confidence piece. Again, it's like, but can I do that? You know, you, you, you just shared these amazing stories of people who have transformed our world. And I'm like, I could never do that. And I'm also striving to do that at the same time, you know, but I, it's yeah. hard to see the in-between phase of where I'm at now, the lack of confidence, the lack of uncertainty, can I really do this to the, I'm doing the thing. There's so much yeah. that you have to build on to become that person. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. So what do you say to, to um, I'll say students here um, because of the podcast. Uh, I have so many students who I think they want to be a leader, but they definitely don't identify with that language. Like, I'm not a leader. So you're probably not talking to me. Like, what would you say to a student who says that to you? Well, we all have people to lead. So we, we, no matter what stage you're in, you know, in life, we all have people to lead. So even, you know, if you, let's say like in the entrepreneurial world, if you, if you don't have a business yet, but you're thinking about starting a business, you're farther ahead than 
someone in life. And so someone needs you to lead them. And even if you're like the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, there's someone that's ahead of you who has more knowledge and wisdom um, and support that, um, that they could provide. So then that person has someone to lead. So we're all at different parts of of very, very different journeys. And so every person has the responsibility to lead someone else. So in theory, everyone is a leader, but not everyone is leading. Yeah, and I think we have this weird uh, definition of or perception about what leader, quote unquote, means. Like, what does that even mean? And a lot of, I know for me, I used to think it was a position title. And now I don't, yeah, it's like, that's a decision. It's like, are you sharing your gifts and wisdom with others? Like, are you actively doing that? You know, and it's really, it's not a position. It's not a place. Like it's not, there's no like special circumstance that a leader has to have, but it's just a conscious decision that you get to make. Like, are you going to share your gifts and wisdom with others? Hmm. And I think that is the, the, the question as a student listening to this podcast, you have to answer, you know, are you willing to get uncomfortable in order to make change in the world? And if you're listening to this, I know that you want to do that because you're probably not listening to this if you don't. <laughs> um, uh, but I know that you have so much opportunity and you are capable of doing it, but you have to work on yourself and build yourself up. and step outside of your comfort zone and commit and all these things that you've shared throughout the podcast really to become the person that you want to become. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about a choice. And then from that choice, consistency and commitment are like the, the two keys to success in anything. Yeah. I think whenever I like to summarize those two words together to me, it's, and, and you said this earlier in the podcast is you have to show up you have to show up and that means being engaged and reflecting and being curious and all of these fun things that I think are not fun at first until you get into the habit of doing. <laughs> Absolutely. And what I've found in my work is that the difference between those who are still only dreaming, because we should always be dreaming, but the difference between those who are stuck in those dreams and those who are actually achieving is that the people that are achieving are showing up and taking action. And that's really, that's the only difference between the people, between the two is just showing up and taking those action steps. Mm, yeah, I love that. Um, so is there anything else that you want to share with um, listeners before we wrap up? I just want to encourage you guys just to, Continue to follow that that calling on your heart. Um, continue to to be curious and I know you guys have probably heard this a million times, but continue to be yourself because you are uniquely designed for a very very specific purpose in this life. And it might not be clear to you now because it definitely was not clear to me then when I was like, I'm gonna go to this college and I'm gonna major in nutrition. Um, but trust the process and just continue to show up because each of you have a very, very, very specific purpose on this earth. And if you just keep showing up and trusting the process, you will find it and you'll experience it 
on a daily basis. I love that. Um, so where can people find you? Uh, what are you working on right now that you're really excited about? Absolutely. So people can find me. Um, my name is Amber Kiera. And so you can find me on Instagram. And also I have a website, amberkiera.com, where if any of this really landed for you and you want to talk more, I offer people, um, you know, on this podcast, a, a 30 minute connection call with me. It's complimentary. And if you really want to talk more about what's on your heart or what your goals are or even discover your purpose, we can do that through that 30 minute call. And I would love to just offer that to your listeners. We can put the link down in the show notes. Um, and what I'm working on now, you guys, since I just love to share my wisdom and truth within, with people, is a podcast called The Morning Shot, which is just like a shot of espresso. It's super fast, super effective, um, but it's just quick little, little wisdoms and truths and uh, concepts to try on to get you pumped up and energized and ready for your day. So you could totally listen to it um, when you're walking to class or while you're getting ready in the morning. They're just a few minutes long, but just quick little wisdoms and truths and perspectives that'll, you know, allow you to think more deeply, but also just get you rooted, grounded, and pumped up and ready for the day. Um, my favorite thing about the Morning Shop podcast is there's no crash at the end and it's completely free. So, <laughs> so um, definitely tune into that. And um, on Fridays, it's a special day. It's Ask Amber Anything. So, you know, if this brought up any questions for you, I'd love to, to answer those um, on the podcast and just to be able to go deeper and further and serve you in that way. But it would be my pleasure. Awesome. Yes. Everything um, will be linked in the show notes. So in case you missed anything, you can just refer back to that. And again, thank you so much for uh, your wisdom and sharing your story and your truth here today. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a wonderful conversation. And I think my time with you has got me pumped up and ready for my day. So I Oh, really wonderful. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Amber. Please make sure that you connect with her and also check out her new podcast called The Morning Shot, which I will also link in the show notes. Don't forget to join the mailing list or the Facebook community, Make College Yours, if you want to be the first to know about the webinar that I'm hosting on June 25th, and you'll be able to access it through those channels. Thank you all so much for listening to the College Life Podcast, and I will catch you in the next episode. Have an excellent week.